Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Whale Nerds Podcast. This is episode 134. My name is Slater, and I'm here with Caitlin. Hello, and we have a special guest this week. Um, we are joined by Belen Garcia Ovide, and she's calling in from Iceland. We're so excited to have her on. Um, Belen is a marine biologist, a wildlife guide, and an experienced sailor. Right now, she's currently based in Iceland, and she did receive her master's in coastal and marine management, where she studied whale watching boat noise and the effect of hump on humpback whales. She's worked on uh, several traditional sailing ships, exploring some of the most remote areas in the world in the North and South Pole, and gathering relevant scientific uh, data and leading citizen science programs. In 2017, she started working as a wildlife guide during whale watching tours and Arctic sailing expeditions for North Sailing and later as an environmental advisor. And then in 2019, she founded Ocean Missions, where through a combination of research, citizen science, education, and traditional sailing, um, her mission is to inspire the world to take direct actions to protect the planet. She focuses on the fields of plastic pollution, sustainability, and ocean production. Uh, Belen is also a PhD candidate for eWhale, a project through the University of Iceland, and her aim is to integrate the emerging eDNA and citizen science toolkits into the creation of a marine protection plan in Iceland. She's also a fellow at the Safina Center. That's how I know her. And so we're so excited to have you on. So welcome. Thank you very much, guys. I'm very excited to be here with you also. Yes. Have you, so, did you guys okay. meet in person before? No. No. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know if she went to that event. Oh, no. The, the gala last year. Yeah. No, you just sent in a video. No, I, but I heard it was amazing, right? Like, yes. it was very emotional. Yes. Very yeah, it was, it was really cool. I mean, I just, I don't know how to explain it. <clears throat> A lot of it was the, like, the benefactors of the Safina Center. And um, I don't know, I didn't think I was that cool. But afterwards, like, 15 different people came up and wanted to talk to me and tell me their story about a whale. And I was like, oh, okay. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, That's it was awesome. awesome. And the, the other fellows at the center are incredible. So it's pretty cool to be among such a, a great group of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's fascinating to see what people is doing. And it's so cool that we are like all in one different part of the planet and all trying to do like so cool stuff. And I wish we could like do a project together. We have to actually yeah. do something like that. You know, we should suggest that to, to the Sabina Center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be pretty amazing because, yeah, everyone's working in their little portion of the world for the same thing is there a way we can just network it all yeah be awesome you can awesome. you gotta do it yeah we have a project <laughs> <laughs> world project we just didn't start the event it's the first minute and we have a, <laughs> an amazing project on. there you go oh man okay so let's just talk a little bit about um kind of your background before we get into what you're working on now um, so how did you get started in the marine field? Uh, well, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, just, um, I don't even know, like, um, <laughs> that's how it's I funny, feel too. You know, because <laughs> it's funny because I come from, from Madrid uh, in Spain, it's, it's the capital, so it's just the center of Spain, there is no ocean mm -hmm. or anything, and and every time like people ask me this, I'm like, I just don't know where it came from, but it was just so powerful and deep inside me. Like there was a thrive. There was something telling me that uh, that I have to explore the oceans and, and that I was, I've been always really fascinated about, uh, about the ocean. And 
and uh, watching um, documentaries at home, you know, uh, David Attenborough and uh, anything really, and just uh, loving it, like wondering and uh, uh, what's, what is in there, you know, it's such a mysterious place, it's a vast, it's powerful, it's wild, it's, uh, it's, it's everything, no? and it has all these elements that are fascinating to me. And I remember, like my mom was always telling me that uh, that I had so I was very strange, like I was behaving strange. And I, was, uh, <laughs> I was behaving like a like a like an animal all the time. So I don't know, you know, it just kind of it was inside me. Like I had to look for this. Uh, what is this? No. And so when I was a little bit older, uh, I had the chance to. So to go to the university, um, I was pretty frustrated with the world in general. I always thought that, that uh, life is um, beautiful, but we make it very complicated and unfair like human beings. So I never understood really the, the purpose of humanity, um, <laughs> let's say. Um, so I was just very frustrated with all this. And like I studied biology first, and I think that was really cool because you somehow understand life from all different perspectives and that that was really helpful for me like to understand what really matters and where are we where do we belong what are we doing here um what might be our role no within among other species um mm -hmm. so that was that was kind of cool and and then yeah i just had the chance to go like one year to try to do marine biology and specialize in, in that field and i went to the canary islands um and there's an archipelago in the west of africa and then I did my after a year there. I I had the chance to start diving and really explore the oceans for the first time. Um, and I just realized this is what I was meant to do. And now I know myself. I I, I am alive. It was just like falling in love really suddenly with with such a big thing. And since then I think I've been really pursuing like something connected to the ocean and just trying to understand more and help to protect this. Uh, protect this and also make people feel what I feel when I when I am in the ocean or I work with the ocean. Awesome. So you did most of your first part of university in Spain, right? Yes, I did yeah. three years and then two years in the Canaries and then I finished the degree. So it was five years and then I moved to um, well, I, I was in Denmark actually for half a month, uh, half a year, sorry. Um, the purpose was uh, to learn English uh, because in, in Spain we are very bad at uh, at learning English in, in, the, <laughs> in the school. So I said to myself, uh, I have to go somewhere um, and learn and just be exposed to this and just to face it. And uh, and I was at the same time doing my my internship there on on harbor porpoises mm -hmm. uh, in a semi captivity environment uh, in Kerminde. There is like a like this uh, research center there. And uh, I was there like studying harbor porpoises uh, in this environment. Um, it was kind of interesting uh, experience, uh, but at the end of it, I realized that maybe this is not what I wanna, uh, wanna do because I think I'm missing the best part, which is just see these animals in the wild nature and really to understand them, you, you you need to go there and see it with your eyes, like what is for real, no? What are these animals mm -hmm. doing for real in their our environment? And that is, I think, why I decided to try out the first the whale watching, just to give it a try and see how I feel and how 
to experience the whales from other point of view. Um, uh, I had like previous experience with with whales, uh, studying whales in the Canary Islands as well, mm -hmm. doing some citizen science projects and and research on bottlenose whales. And then I started working as a whale watching guide uh, a little bit in Denmark. I went to like a little fjord there and I found a sailboat and I was like, hey, can I help? And this <laughs> kind of got me in um, and I started talking about purposes. And uh, then I moved to Iceland and uh, somehow I I stayed here linked to, to this um, part of the planet for many years later. <laughs> So when you did your master's degree, was that when you were in the Canary Islands? No, I did it in 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 um, in Iceland when I moved. Oh, so I moved okay. to Iceland and then I started working as a whale watching guide in Ursavik. Um, and I was working for yeah, like 2014 and 2015, and then I decided to do the masters. Um, there is a very small university here in the West Fjords. Um, they only have one or two programs, um, one or two schools, I um, mean, group of people, and they, they teach coastal and marine management. Um, and I was very interested in this master because uh, I felt like I know a lot about the ocean now, but now I just need to know what can I do about it and how can I, you know, what I need the tools to, to save the oceans. And so this master is, is a little bit about, yeah, more practical, no? And, and they teach you about this this um, management point of view, and that's very useful when when you want to do like like I wanted, no? To to try mm -hmm. to do something about it. Um, and so yeah, I did my master there, and then also like I I had this. Uh, I was wondering when I was well, working as a whale watching guide. This is this feels okay, but still I'm not happy because I don't know if we are impacting the whales or not. And I know there has been some people studying like whale behavior um, before uh, in, in, in Usavik and from the boats, looking at uh, yeah at the whales from from the ships, but um, but nobody has been looking at what's happening underwater when the whale goes for a dive, no. And that was a little bit my question, looking at the at the noise from from the whale watching boats and potential effects on the on the humpback whales in this case. But also because in my case I put like tags on the animals, so you could actually monitor, like like uh, how deep the whale is diving, how fast is the whale feeding, because we could actually see the patterns when the whale opens the mouth and then the speed going going like full speed, then it stops suddenly because of course the baleen whales they have the huge mouth, no? So it was super cool to be able to see this. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't see it, but like, you know, you can, you can understand that the whale is actually doing that. And that was pretty cool. Um, but that is a reason why I also went for the master because I knew I had to do a, a, a thesis project and I really wanted to know how much are we impacting or if there is any effect, if the whales, they really care about our presence, if they are affected by noise and things like that. So what was your conclusion? Yeah, well, I was going to say, what's, <laughs> what did you come up with? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what I came up with is that uh, many people told me, Belen, this is for a PhD, uh, you know, <laughs> you went too far with the thesis and uh, you, you, 
it was very complicated because uh, of course I didn't have uh, much knowledge about this and it, it was a very tedious uh, research since there's a lot of like parameters to take in account and you are you know the sensors they give you data data every second and yeah. then you have to deal with huge databases to coordinate all these sensors and parameters together in order to understand what's going on so that was really hard but um, but uh, at the end i was very happy i managed to to do um, the thesis and and get some answers and we could see that uh, that the ways were definitely changing some behaviors so there was there was less feeding behaviors from the from the animals that were tagged and uh, if you compare them when when there was no noise and uh, they were diving deeper as well when they were exposed to high noise intensity so i sort of like divided the noise that i was hearing in the in the hydrophones in in categories levels like low medium and high and then i could like yeah, interpret a little bit the results. So, so we saw some 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 answers or some you know potential changes of behavior, which can indicate, of course, that noise is uh, is important to consider. Uh, but of course, um, the number of boats, in my opinion, is also something that it is very important because, as you probably know, it's not the same to have one boat than seven boats around a whale and i think the whales uh, at least here we see that they get more confused when when there is more boats around and that makes total sense right like like they need to they cannot know they cannot predict where are we going so they get therefore stressed because they don't know where they have to go mm. no? it's a little bit uh, i think you, you see a lot also by observing for many years you know the behavior of the whales and did the whales, were the whales the first thing that drew you to Iceland? Sorry? Were the whales the first thing that drew you to Iceland? Uh, yes, because I was applying for, as a whale watching guide uh, in different areas. Uh, I tried just the first thing that came in Google. Um, it was Norway and then Iceland. I didn't even know exactly where Iceland was at that time. So now everybody <laughs> talks about Iceland, but at that time, it was still quite unknown for for, for yeah. Spanish people. Like nobody was talking about Iceland. So I even had to like look at them and wait, where, where is this island? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, is, uh, is there, okay, oh, it's cool, I go. And um, and uh, yeah, so it was it was that they, they hired me, uh, you know, here in Iceland. So I just said, okay, I'm just going, whatever. It doesn't matter, I just check, check. <laughs> And are you still working for the North Sailing Company now? Yes. Yeah, so actually, I started with another company at the beginning uh, for three years. Um, but then I was really fascinated about the, the wooden boats and the, especially the yeah. wooden sailboats that they have in North Sailing. And somehow, when you know, I got. Um, so much into whales and, and the ocean, of course you get into sailing. I mean, there is no question. <laughs> You're gonna love sailing if you like to to be in the ocean, no? And so I also um, evolved, uh, uh, developed like a big passion for the sailing world, but not just to be at sea, but just the actual, uh, you know, sailing and, and especially traditional sailing uh, through North Sailing. So I started uh, working with them because 
I just wanted to learn. Like I just saw those boats and I was like, Jesus, it's just so beautiful. I <laughs> want to know how to handle the ropes and be able to feel the wind in the sails. And, and, and it feels so different somehow to be in this type of boats. Um, somehow you're just like traveling in the past. Like there is no, no much um, modern technology. You need the hand power. It's very organic to be sailing on, on this type of ship. So, and they are not big. So they are just uh, for a few, you know, group of people going out and it just feels very natural and very connected to, to the environment. So. Yeah, so I, then I started working for North Sailing in 2017. So awesome. how many how many people do you take on the boat? Like 40? Less than 40? Well, I mean, North Sailing is actually um, a company. They are pioneers in whale watching here in Ursaric since 1995. But they have been, like, getting more and more boats. Um, mm -hmm. The purpose at the beginning was to restore, actually, the wooden boats. So it was not even like meant to be a whale watching company at the beginning. And I think that's very beautiful because uh, we had in history this um, time where steel boats started to become way more popular than wooden boats and they start to be replacing the wooden boats. And that was also happening here because it's simply easier to have steel boats, less maintenance mm -hmm. and so on. But then we are also... Um, um, in getting rid of the traditions you know and that's not good so what the company wanted to do was to just give them a new life and instead of just being there until they die letting them die they just wanted to use them for just to keep them alive and then when they got like more than three or four boats they realized okay and now what are we gonna do like we just need to give them a new purpose and then this when they decided to start the weight watching no mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's an interesting um, value there that I really I really like because it's it's a, there is a story there is a beautiful story behind the company. Nowadays they have uh, twelve boats, so it's oh, getting wow. like yeah many boats. Uh, I think we definitely reached the, the limits of the boats, uh, but uh, it's also um, you know among these boats they have these sailing boats. Um, they have the four schooners. Well, three schooners now, and uh, these boats they are also doing the sailing expeditions in Greenland, um, as well as doing whale watching in in this area where we are based in Ursavik. So, and it seems like there's is a company split into two with the, all those boats. Is there like some in the fjord and some out in Husavik? Uh, yes. So the motor boats they stay here doing whale watching during the season. And the schooners, uh, they go to to Greenland. There is three uh, boats that goes to go to Greenland every summer. Oh, cool. And they, so they sail from Iceland to Greenland. Yes, they sail from Iceland Ooh, to Greenland. To Greenland is two days sailing, but it's only the crew that we sail the boats, and then the group of people is it's actually flying to the to, okay. uh, So you pick the people up there in East Greenland. Yeah. Dang. Have you done that? Have you sailed across? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. that's that's kind of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's <Ooh>. kind of fun. <laughs> so overall, your experience, like whale watching in Iceland, it's a country that still participates in whaling. Well, hopefully not for much longer. But like, how do you talk about that with people on the boat? Like, 
do you ever see the whaling ships when you're out there? Like it's kind of a tough, tough balance. Yes. Um. Yes, I know it's uh, it's crazy to 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 see how much whale watching has been increasing um, so fast through the years here, and then at the same time we're still dealing with this. Um, it's a difficult um, it's a difficult topic to also talk because yeah, it's very shocking for for people. It was not so shocking actually, so people were actually okay with that at the beginning, but now there is a lot of. Um, pressure and more education i really feel people is way more aware uh on on whales um and most of them are really really against this um and interestingly enough so there is only one guy that is just um really pushing for this practice to happen and he's kind of has like an influence in in a politician so that's why he's still like trying to get away with this practice and um, somehow it's been you know so it's more like a political issue i think with this mm -hmm. specific person uh, and his company and it's really going against the um, icelanders and against uh, everybody really so hopefully it will start you know the license it's uh, supposed to end now in 2014 so hopefully this will be last year that they are hunting but it's definitely something outrageous like it's difficult to digest for many yeah. people yeah and we don't have here we don't see the the whaling happening at the same time with the whale watching so they focus on 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 the whaling in the in the west part okay. like mm -hmm. like it's more to the capital region and mm -hmm. i, I heard some stories of yeah it like uh, overlapping between whale watching companies yeah. there and seeing the boats yeah. I'm not sure if this is still happening though, because there was also a lot of complaints. So I think they extended uh, the area where where they cannot hunt. So they yeah. have to go like really far offshore to get yeah. the, the animals. Yeah, which makes it more expensive for them also. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think, yeah, they have like a license to what, hunt like 150 fin whales or something. I mean, it sounds... It sounds to me very crazy, you know, because yeah. considering yeah, yeah. like all these pressures that we already have for, for the animals and, and this stupidity and then thinking that, okay, why are we doing this? And is it just because of, I guess in our case, it's just because of pride of this guy. Like he feels like it's a national thing or something, mm -hmm. um, which feels uh, stupid. But, uh, but then what's happening is like the meat is also sold for other countries so it's not doing a thing yeah. here anymore it's just okay. going to japan mm, yeah i've heard i when i was in iceland uh, the family told me that pretty much like the icelandic people don't eat whale really like for the That's most right. part it, either the That's only right. people that might eat it are tourists or it's mm -hmm. being shipped off yeah yeah and it's been eaten by tourists because again we need to you know, again, it's money driven, like uh, most of things. Yeah. And uh, Icelanders, they are just like, okay, where can I get money? And then sometimes they just don't even think. Um, and that has, but there has been a lot of pressure in the restaurants also. And I think it's getting really low, actually, like the meat you can see uh, in supermarkets and in, in restaurants. It's not as available anymore. It's not as much as, it's going yeah. really like, there has been really a lot of pressure and it's really um, getting less and less uh, visible, but uh, definitely still happening. And 
we yeah. are all really hoping that that it ends because we also know that uh, protesting and like going um, against this uh, person it also feeds him with more uh, anger you know it's mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a bit complicated mm -hmm. and especially when yeah. it comes into politics there's very little you can yeah but there is a lot of like campaigns and you know public outreach um yeah movement and pressure internationally so yeah we really hope it's it's gonna end because it doesn't make any sense yeah well we're hopeful that it ends too because we like having our whales in the ocean they, they do course. more for and us I, there <laughs> yeah and i do really feel it in the tourists that it's like you know people is really conscious about this now yeah good it's just it's funny to me that we can't realize that like or they do and they just don't care but how whale watching just makes way more money like yeah. an alive yeah. whale makes so much more money well and an alive so. whale does so much more for our environment which yeah. also ends up making more money right like they take care of the ecosystem and the marine food web and well, that's still... too much that's yeah, we're going too far we're not gonna be able to explain all of that <laughs> but still like you know like the whales they're a high value to the ocean when they're alive and doing their thing Yes, of course they are. And uh, we are doing, you know, this is one of the things we are really trying to emphasize here through ocean missions, like this education and these messages about the importance of the oceans and the importance of the whales and just emphasize that we have here a paradise that it's, you know, in, in its edge, you know, it's just, uh, it's just so fragile, you know, it's very powerful and very fragile at the same time and just, um, I also tend to tell people that here that I come from the Canary Islands and over there I could see how bad they were treating such paradise places as well. No, so volcanic islands, absolutely beautiful, uh, whales everywhere, and and we've seen like how much damage can be done by mass tourism and. Uh, and uh and 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 money driven you know by just uh like like cruise ships and big hotels and big harbors and not taking in consideration the values of of the ecosystem the coastal ecosystems and the whales and uh, we are paying it now you know now mm -hmm. i mean there is like loss of ecosystems uh, entire ecosystems of uh, seaweed uh, marine turtles have disappeared from their areas where they used to come and and like this many things you know collisions with both sides it's like before that happened here i just want to go a step ahead and say hey i've seen this before mm -hmm. don't mm -hmm. let mass tourism rule and the you know the eagerness of people making business and the companies just yeah. go there because it's very dangerous you know yes yeah. Um, luckily, Iceland is a place where you can still be ahead of it. A lot of other places, like I work in the Hawaiian Islands in the winter, and we see a lot of the same things. I mean, there's a lot of effort to protect the environment, but there's also just a lot of people come to visit the islands and there's not infrastructure for trash yeah. and recycling. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's tough. Mm. So... Um, so speaking of ocean mission, so what sort, how did you start it or like where, you know, you had this passion and you wanted something to do outside of your day job. So what led you to start ocean missions and 
do you want to talk a little bit about like what you guys do? Yeah, sure. Um, so, well, I guess, again, this project came uh, from the frustration. I'm, I'm like, um, maybe, I don't know, I just care too much that sometimes it just affects me also too much. And then sometimes you have these outcomes that can be in many forms. <laughs> uh, in this case, it was like a positive thing, uh, of course. Uh, but it's funny that it came because the idea came because I was very frustrated. I was I was like feeling against the current, like it's never enough what I try to do or what I try to, to educate or to transmit, you know, in my talks and the way watching both. Like it, it's never enough. Like this is a feeling that I have often. Um, and of course we don't have to let this feeling you know, dominate yourself because you can get easily lost uh, and very depressed. But you have to use it for a good purpose, for a good thing. And that's what I used. I think what I did, I think I I just said, what what can I do next? And I cannot do it alone, but I'm going to do it. Then it's not going to be me. It's going to be something, some concept, some let's just put it in shape. No. And so basically I said, where I am, uh, what do I know, and how can I use it to make an impact? And that's what I did. Like, I I was sailing a lot, I've been sailing a lot, I know about, yeah, um, sailing experiences and traditional ships, um, adventures, um, I know about whales, um, and I've been educating, so let's just combine all these things together and try to do something. And I've been also doing research, right? So it was like, I'm just gonna put all together what I what I know, what I can do, and then get people with me on the team. And I uh, I had this idea. I said, okay, I'm in Ustavik. I have access to these amazing ships. Now I know how they work. I have access to the, the whale watching companies here, and I am in Ustavik where there is a research center, there is a whale museum, is the best place perhaps to aim for something like this, you know, like a conservation project. And there was nothing done. Like, um, there is almost no NGOs here about the ocean or or perhaps we're even the first one, you know, there is some NGOs, but they're like land-based or focused on some other concepts, but for the ocean, there was nothing. So I think we, we, uh, we created this because there was also a need to uh, to, um, to 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 do efforts in conservation, also conservation in in Iceland, and and uh, and the need of educating and the need for research. So this is how all started in 2019. It was officially uh, established in in Husavik, and it's a uh, you know, I just talked to some of my friends that I know they've been here for many years as well, or they are Icelanders, and um, and they just came together for uh, making this um, this project, no? And so, yeah, that's how how it started. And uh, yeah, so what we do is basically combining like education and research and sailing to inspire people to take uh, direct actions to protect the oceans. And uh, that's why we have like different projects and we have the sailing expeditions with uh, Schooner Opal. Um, and uh, that is, of course, 
uh, one of the North Sailing boats that mm -hmm. I've been working mainly uh, in Usaik, but also in Greenland. And uh, it's it's such a nice platform because it's uh, also a hybrid boat. So uh, you can actually choose if you want to use the normal engine or if you or use the batteries. So it's it uh, can be completely zero emissions. And I think that is also very nice to transmit the message that we care about the planet and about the oceans and the noise pollution and all these things. So it's definitely like a nice setup that we have here and many resources that we can use to put the messages out there. And through the expeditions, we are doing science. Uh, we are collecting data on whales, um, seabirds and plastic pollution. And right now we are currently monitoring microplastic pollution in Icelandic waters for the first time. Uh, nobody has done it before, and we are now like uh, finally uh, publishing the first um, yeah manuscripts on this field for Iceland, among other things. So yeah, that's awesome. That's super cool. cool. How many want... people are on your team? Uh, well, fixed people, we are like uh, four. Nice. And then we have, we are just really hard workers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, of course, um, many volunteers, especially that join us on the, on the cleanups that we have, uh, of course, we have like a um, cleanup coordinator and yeah, she's really in charge of like gathering these, all these people together and just let's go clean up and, uh, and, um, and I think that's pretty cool. So We've had like last year more than 300 volunteers joining us for cleanups in in the northeast of Iceland. Um, but yeah, the 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 pure work, like the the whole thing, like uh, it's it's mainly done by 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 three or four people here in Iceland. That's amazing. Awesome. And it's the same people that goes in the expedition. So, um, you know, in the in the expeditions. We have, uh, so we are all sailors and scientists joining the boats and we are the ones, um, yeah, the, the crew, but also the, the, the teachers and the ones that are making the program on board. And we basically, you know, it's a citizen science program and we are in trying that people that join us, they feel like they can also participate and do something that is good for them to learn, but also mm -hmm. good for the planet and the oceans so that they feel involved because this is how I felt before. Like, it's never enough. I want to do something. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So this is also like a way to tell them, yes, you can join us because this way, you, you know, even if you are not a scientist, you can just be the most random person in the world. But by joining this type of expeditions, it's a lot you get with you. It's such a, um, you know, like, bulk of knowledge, scientific knowledge, uh, putting your hands in science, helping with research, getting out there in nature, in all kinds of weather conditions, um, being in a small boat with other people that are completely different than, than you, expose yourself, get out of your comfort zone. So it's not only about what you learn about science, but also here, like the you know values um, yeah, that are important to to ins to inspire many people that are maybe a little bit 
you know, lacking energy for mm -hmm. keeping their lives, uh, especially when you are frustrated about the environment. <laughs> yeah, very empowering. Yeah. 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 That's great. So you are also working on your PhD, right? So you're doing... Well, that's actually very new. Um, so I, I, um, uh, me and my uh, my partner, we just bought a ship, and uh, that um, that uh, because we wanted to continue uh, the missions uh, with ocean missions, but maybe uh, not only in Iceland, but go somewhere else. And uh, we are now working on that program to see where we are going, and and so what kind of missions do we wanna? be part of or arrange and um, mm -hmm. citizen science programs and then i said okay this is uh like having a baby now you know it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it feels like very crazy that i'm doing this but i always wanted to have a boat and i think um Jaime, who is uh, my partner and he is also in ocean missions he's uh he has so much experience and being a captain for more than 20 years he's been always very adventurous and uh, i think you know if we don't do it together um i don't know if it's ever gonna happen no so i thought it was like yeah let's do it because we have this common dream and and at the same time when we just bought the ship um and now we have to pay the ship and it's okay there's a lot of um, yeah. efforts that we have to put there and it's a lot of commitment then i got the news that i was um yeah i was getting a fund for 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 a phd project that i applied like two years ago so mm -hmm. um I even forgot about this and then suddenly it came like, hey, by the way, this has been funded and now you're uh, going to start a PhD. I'm like, what? Oh, now you have two things going on. Oh, no, two, two big things yeah. going on. <laughs> so that was a little bit crazy. Um, I just got this news like a month ago or something. Oh, wow. And I'm still trying to see if I can do this. Uh, but I think I'm confident that if I can work on this part-time, uh, it will be really good because uh, it could be also done through ocean missions and it's mm -hmm. a little bit all connected really because mm -hmm. the PhD is about also, um, it focuses on, on studying like marine mammals and whales um, in, uh, in the ocean, like we're using um, very innovative techniques that is this environmental DNA. Mm -hmm. And basically by taking some samples of water, you are able to like know how many species or how many species have been in these waters uh, recently, no? And you can look wow. into waves, but you can look into the whole tropic web. So it's really like a very interesting uh, tool that uh, that it's, it's um, it, it hopefully brings the, you know, uh, light to to many questions that we have about the oceans, and I'm very excited to to start working on this. We have um, a really uh, amazing team of experts involved uh, on this. This is uh, a project that is called E Whale, and um, and there you know there is all, there is like seven countries involved, so it's like a international project. And there are some other PC students, and uh, it's it's definitely very exciting. And we are all like, oh my god, this is happening! And and so I'm I, I'm just have to present my proposal draft now to the university in the next couple of weeks. So it's very new. <laughs> Ooh, good luck! That's yeah, awesome. Say good luck to all those. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's it's also the plan, no, that we can maybe like take samples from 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 the boats and uh, contribute to this research. So that's uh, also one. That's what I mean. Like it looks like everything is kind of connected, you know. Um, so we could use it also for citizen science and education and and um, yeah, so that it all makes sense. <laughs> That'd be cool. Get them all to merge together. Yeah. So Iceland is a hope spot in collaboration with Mission Blue. Um, what does this entail? Well, this is one of the projects we've been working on with ocean missions uh, the last two years. Um, it, it was a beautiful thing to do. Um, I was just doing a, my job. I was just working on a whale watching tour. And there was this girl that came to me like three years ago saying, uh, do you mind if I interview you? You know, like I'm looking for like marine, mom, mar marine biologist. Uh, uh she was writing a, a book about the ocean ocean conservation she's called liz cunningham i don't know if you even maybe know her yes yes i do know her yes okay yeah she's a wonderful person she came to uh yeah to interview a few people and and so i met her for the first time and then she was basically fascinated about the tour you know the whale watching tour about what i was explaining about the bay and the marine biodiversity and everything and she said belen you need to protect this place you need to do something about it this is absolutely stunning you know like what you have here you have to protect it and i'm like yeah thank you very much i know but uh, <laughs> i don't know what can i do like about it at that time i still um i think i was starting with ocean missions uh so it was everything very new um but uh, she suggested like did you hear about this hotspot and i'm like yes i heard about them um I think this could be a great hope spot. And I said, you are crazy. I mean, you are talking about Sylvia <laughs> here. Like, what do you mean? I mean, this girl is like, I cry every time I see her because I, I mean, she is the God, no? Like, I cannot be <laughs> anymore there. Like, that's crazy. Like, what are you talking about? And then she goes and said, well, actually, I know her because uh, I I am part of the or the Mission Blue, uh, I, and it's not the group, but it's like a advisor or something. Somehow she's involved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, and I said, what? And then I said, okay, yeah, let me in, of course. I mean, just uh, whatever it takes, I'm all in. And of course, uh, this will be awesome. And that's how it started, no? Like meeting um, key people uh, on the way. And uh, so it's been a long process of uh, gathering scientific uh, facts uh, to to support um, well to highlight this area as an important area for biodiversity, uh, so we created like a big document with all these points, all based on research. Um, together with local stakeholders, we created like a group of partners that were supporting this uh, initiative, and we sent an application to Mission Blue. They have been really really supportive since the beginning. Um, because this is the first hotspot in Iceland, and um, of course, for them it was also really meaningful, and uh, for us, of course. So it was like a really inspiring thing. The whole thing, you know, there's great people there in Mission Blue. Um, that it's it's great to work with. Um, you can you always want more and more. No, when you are working with this like-minded people, it's just 
everything gets everything is possible no mm-hmm. and so it happened and now um it was declared officially um last year in in november or december and this year then is when we have a a promotion year so we are focusing now on creating like a program um here where we are going to have different events with the web museum we are going to have a conference we are actually even working already on next steps to create a marine protected area in the bay which is here in Osaic, because there has been some efforts before so we just need to like get everything together and push and and be all coordinated and make sure everybody's on board so now it's it's a lot of like gatherings and meetings with uh, local um, municipalities and uh, stakeholders and we are going to present a plan for the ministry hopefully this month and hopefully we will have um yeah like a confirmation for a starting a pilot mpa project here in skelbandy and since we don't have almost marine protected areas like less than one percent of icelandic waters are protected we are also working with coast which is based in scotland and they are providing us with the knowledge because they've been working on marine protected areas for many years and we basically don't have here the platforms we don't have the 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 bodies that are mm-hmm. in charge of this, so we need to learn a lot also from yeah. from, from everybody, you know. And so we are open to learn and and to listen and uh, to get the best advice and hopefully the best ways of creating this marine protected area. And that's gonna happen. And we also have like an expedition uh, that is launched by Ocean Missions, just specifically in the Hope Spot area, which is up to Grimsey, which is reaching the Arctic Circle. And we are inviting like uh, yeah everyone to to come and be part of this because it's it's gonna be really amazing to see and yeah to, um, to use this momentum that we are creating of just highlighting this area to for protection and stop all the boats and stop the traffic or like at least put some regulations mm-hmm. on on that you know so that it doesn't get uh, too crazy and uh educating everyone so it's it's exciting times now here and and um yeah i wish i hope that that uh, you know we still have few spaces left for the hope hope expedition and so yeah hopefully we can just fill out those spaces and let's go sailing it's gonna be amazing we're gonna have tv and uh um yeah like special photographers and all kinds of media attention hopefully uh, together with Mission Blue, also um, awesome. supporting this initiative. So, yeah. So Good. that's cool. So Hope Spot basically helps highlight an area that needs to be protected, and then they help with eventually trying to create it as an MPA, right? I mean, protected area. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. that's cool. So you guys get to define the terms of what the MPA will be with the government and with the local community. Yeah, so uh, yeah. the idea is because, of course, a hope spot doesn't have uh, legal bending. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a recognition of an area, right, internationally. Uh, so then the next step is to, yeah, okay, and now what? How are we going to react like Icelanders? How are we going to work with this? And mm-hmm. yes, next step is to, that's why we are uh, proposing this to the to the government, uh, mm-hmm. the Ministry of Environment, so that we can start making this pilot project. And that pilot project will involve, yes, like a discussion on what are the threats, 
what is more important, what needs to be prioritized, and how can we bring measurements uh, to make sure that we are going to have a sustainable future here, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. basically. And that's going to be a lot of like stakeholder involvement and researchers and hopefully, you know, like have a fix, like some decision making already uh, at the end of the year. So hopefully next year or yeah. maybe earlier. I don't know. I mean, hopefully <laughs> earlier, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Because there are some things that really need to, to be um, regulated. For example, one of the biggest threats we are having now is, is the, how fast things are happening and the lack of regulations for industrial projects. So the tourism is something that is increasing very fast and therefore there is a lot of pressure on the whales with so many boats, that's a fact. But also the, the, there is like, like recent initiatives to create like kelp harvesting projects here and kelp harvesting is extremely sensitive because kelps are helping um, ocean um, uh, carbon sequestration and mm -hmm. oxygen production. So we are talking about that the climate depends on the on the kelp health, mm -hmm. and therefore I think it's it's not a good idea to start taking the kelp from these ecosystems that are also so productive. And also they are thinking not on cutting, not on making like kelp farms, but just ripping off the kelp and just drying it and just send it somewhere outside Iceland. Yeah. So it's some kind of project that we don't really want to see here. Um, and Icelanders sometimes are just thinking about the few jobs that this can make, but not mm -hmm. necessarily about the impacts. And it's definitely more negative things than positive in this case. And with yeah. this, it's like few other projects and the industrial level that are absolutely not, you know, the best thing to do here. And, and again, because we have this this small town here with with such an incredible like um, setup with with the museum and uh, the companies and the researchers and everybody like so well focused. I think this should be like the place that could lead an example on sustainability for other regions in Iceland. So definitely this is not the place where you want to put a kelp factory or um, aluminum factory or sort of these things, you know. Yeah. I think, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So that's one of the things we really would like to like emphasize on the on the pilot project and to make sure that there are some regulations and or at least that if there is an industrial project that at least there is like a proper research that is able to say, okay, these are the impacts, you know, mm -hmm. and because there is not enough, um, yeah, research done. Yeah. And the decisions are just done like that, you know, from one day to the next one, then you have a kelp factory. So that's the scary part. So you have all the motivation. Now you have to do the hard part, making yeah, all the rules yeah. and listening <laughs> yeah. to everybody's side of the story and, yeah, <laughs> this is the hard part comes next. <laughs> oh, it'll all be yeah. worth it in the end. Yeah, it's incredible. So how yeah. can people support um, the work for the Hope Spot? The trip. When does the trip go? So the expedition for the Hope Spot, it's um, the 23rd to the 29th of June. Um, and then we have another expedition in May this year, which is going to be a little bit like longer, longest uh, sailing, so seven days sailing. The Hope Spot is more like, more focus on the hotspot area. Um, so it's like 
uh, maybe four days sailing, but then there's gonna be a land-based program where we are gonna have conferences and a lot of research um, going on and uh, visiting like exciting places in Iceland together. Um, uh, yeah, um, collaborate with other institutions here in the local uh, community so that people can also experience what are we doing here in Iceland, in Ursavik, but not only like from the boat. So uh, yeah, there is like uh, on the website, there is like next expeditions. You can read there exactly the dates. And yeah, as I said, these expeditions are meant for people that really is looking for that opportunity to make a positive change, but they are not sure what to do. And, mm -hmm. um, and also to inspire them to, to keep their own uh, initiatives going, no? Like, like we can help them really to shape that little idea that somebody has they don't know how to to do it where to continue uh, there we can also you know be a source of inspiration and help and we actually keep in contact with many of the people that has have joined us on previous expeditions and um you know some of them like they have really like amazing projects uh, that they created after this experience with ocean mission but also some other people, they already had some projects and now they got like more inspiration to keep working on those projects that are never easy to to be there all the time, like yeah. fighting, no? So that's keep what you want, like a kick <laughs> of energy and inspire every everybody, inspiring each other no? in, in the in the boat. So that's uh, that's one way to support the HubSpot. We had a campaign of signatures, but that is already um, closed um but um but there is also like if people comes to iceland and they want to be involved in some daily activities we have also like workshops going on here like recycling the the trust that we get from the beaches we try to do like arts out of it and there's like beautiful sculptures done by um by uh visitors that come here or locals and even like with the schools we do um activities uh take them taking the kids out in nature as well um and yeah we have like different projects uh, where people can participate like uh both from the boat but also on land so um i think also one very good way to support the hubs but is i don't know if people is like into photography or video making or story storytelling or um you know something that you know even like graphic design like it could be you know or or writing a book it's just so many things that can be linked mm -hmm. to the hotspot like to bring visibility to the area and and educate and transmit the message that i think this is a call for all these people that are waiting for something yeah some, some inspiring project not to, to do something yeah so, yeah how many That's spots what... left sorry how many spots left do you have on your expedition for the i think the four day one I think uh, five. Oh, okay. cool. Well, yeah, so those... the boat one can only take 12. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because everybody's so just... living on the boat for a few days, right? Yeah, we, we live in the boat for a few days. We also stop, uh, of course, uh, in the different areas. Um, like uh, we have in the Hogsport area, um, it's uh, a Fjordur and up to Grimstead and Skjelundi Bay. People that have never been in Iceland will be like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> but it's basically the Northeast area and up to the Arctic Circle. And it's super exciting because in this area we have like three or four islands and they are like 
in the summertime, you know, it's full of bird life, um, whales, the whales come here to feed, uh, the sunsets are eternal, the weather is very nice. So it's definitely very comfortable sailing. Uh, it can get tough, so you never know, it's Iceland, but it's, uh, you know, the nature here is absolutely stunning. Like, yeah, you get the feeling that you are alone, just like getting, you know, just uh, if you walk 10 minutes here, you'll feel like already you are in another planet, you no? Know, in some mm -hmm. places. So imagine being in a boat and then re like experience these uh, remote islands where it's full of uh, life, you no? Know? And, and so, yeah, we are trying to gain information on, on the health of these waters to be able to help the, the, um, the, the creation of the marine protected area and answer questions like, for example, how are the birds doing? Um, what needs more further research? Um, the conditions of the of the water, salinity is like the uh, you know the warming ocean, um, mm -hmm. species moving, and all these sort of questions. So that's that's something we will be doing uh, through the through the Hope expedition, and also hopefully we will get some hydrophones on board. So we're like excited that we can maybe like also um, yeah see the like monitor the whales from using different um, techniques, not only the photo identification, but mm -hmm. also like underwater uh, with the hydrophone. So that's that's something awesome. exciting that we are hoping that that it can also be added this year as a new thing, like this this array cool. of hydrophones. Like until now yeah. we had a small one, but we are like more and more trying to improve also our scientific equipment and and um, collaborate with more partners so that we can uh, address more uh, more questions about the, our ocean's health. Awesome. So I think I pitched this question to like the Safina, uh, Safina Center fellows before, um, but I'd like to ask people that are in the thick of conservation work, like if you had one piece of advice for people in regards to conservation, like what would you tell them to do or to think about? I remember you, you yeah. asked this in uh, the meeting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, just, uh, I think I'm going to answer the same. I think I, maybe I said this, I don't remember, but I think it's important for, for people to realize that, that, um, that everything is connected and that your, uh, actions matter and that we sometimes are bigger than we think. We are more than we think and we have more power than we think. And it's uh, it's very beautiful to, to demonstrate this to oneself. And you can do that basically uh, going out into nature in, in the way you like. It could be in a jungle, it could be in your backyard, it could be um, sailing, I mean, anything, no? But there is always an opportunity to 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 get passionate about nature and I think once you are passionate then it's so easy it just goes automatically like uh, to tell everyone about it uh, to to work on something and and to, to do a con to do your contribution because it's just so naturally coming no mm -hmm. um, for example here in the whale watching you know I when I work as an environmental advisor, it's very hard to change minds of the people that is already with a setup, you know, with a mind very, you know, like generally old people, they just have like 
this is what has been doing that's been happening all my life and this is how i think and that's it and it's just so hard to change that mindset um but when you are like uh already with uh with with a mindset because because you love something i mean if you love something you create that mindset suddenly just just change it somehow no? so i think it's uh important for people to yeah to get inspired by by nature to get out out there and 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 start uh, thinking also yeah like what what do i know no just maybe a little bit like how i reflect on myself like what what i'm good doing um what what am i good at uh, and how can i use it to make a positive contribution mm -hmm. to something that matters to me but that also matters for for everyone and for yeah. life on earth and if you ask ask your question ask that question you may find very good answers so explore the answers yeah that's good that's maybe a little bit my advice perfect what will be your advice uh, what i usually tell people is um like put the environment in your decision making process whether it's like how you get to work where you choose to travel like what you choose to eat like think about outside yourself what's the environment environmental impact of what you're doing every day mm. just being more conscious about how are you affecting the ecosystem around you? Yeah, I think because I hang out with Caitlin so much, mine's very similar. <laughs> Just try, try to do small things over time and don't try to do something drastic that makes you fall out of it, you know, over and yeah. over. Like, you know, just like cutting things out slowly or little by little, trying to do different stuff that help the environment over time. I think that's always super uh, helpful. Yeah, and I think that's a very good point because, of course, we know that and people get also very frustrated, uh, like uh, if uh, I don't know, I am I am a vegetarian, but I sometimes eat meat, or you know, it's like like it's 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 not good enough or something, and 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 uh, I think it's good to to see sustainability as a path, as a journey, and as a learning process, mm -hmm. uh, because. And we don't have to blame ourselves if we are not perfect because it's very hard to get there fully and it's almost impossible in the planet we live simply because how society is and how immersed yeah, we are set up. so it's just important to realize and then just do the best we can do but just be conscious yeah mm. yeah definitely so um before we wrap up i just want to ask how can people like follow along with um, your work through Ocean Missions and the Hope Spot and how can they um, support the work outside the expeditions? Like, do you guys use social media or like have a mailing list? That way people can keep up with what you guys are doing. And uh, well, we don't have a mail list and that is uh, very unfortunate because simply we didn't have time to do this. But, uh, but I think uh, what works very good for us is the Instagram, I think, we had like um, we have very like cool pictures, you know, very high quality photographers uh, coming and and helping us with that. So uh, and we are very active in Instagram. So I think that's the best way to where we are like 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 um, yeah, sharing all what we're doing and the news and what's happening. But also uh, in our web, um, we try to like keep everything updated there as well. And uh, 
Um, yeah, if there is also, um, so the Instagram is Ocean, Ocean Missions Iceland. And um, I think um, that's the main platform we use at the moment. Yeah. Perfect. Well, um, we'll tag it in our post about the episode too, so people can see it that way also. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Very inspiring talk. And I'm so excited to see what happens with the hope spot. This is the the challenging part next, but we're very excited for, for what you are doing. So yeah. And thank you to everyone for listening too. We really appreciate all of you sticking around and listening to us as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest and yeah, good luck on all your projects. <laughs> you Thank you. I need it. Thank you guys. <laughs> and I, I did look, you. I do want to say that I did look um, at the trip, the, the trip for the Hope Spot, and it does look really cool and they have spots left. So I don't know if I could do it, I would do it. So you should definitely look into it. Um, <laughs> again, her, her, their website yeah. is oceanmissions.org. Bye. Bye.